0: are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. (laughs) Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Speaking of Locked On Podcast Network, we're doing a live fantasy show. If you have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft this Wednesday, don't miss the Locked On Fantasy live show this Wednesday, August 18th. That's tomorrow. If you're listening to this today, it comes out at 9 p.m. Eastern, so 7 p.m. for Minnesota on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your question live and you can submit them ahead of time. To at Locked On Network on Twitter. I am your host, your pal, in the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And it is Twitter Tuesday. That means we are doing a mailbag. We are talking about your questions. Before we do that, I do want to mention a couple of bites of news. First off, Justin Jefferson returned to practice on Monday, which is really, really exciting. He didn't do a lot of work. He was, I I guess you would call him limited, where he did all the individual stuff and only a little teamwork, but some teamwork is good. Uh, That's a a good step. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the second preseason game. Probably wouldn't put him in, wouldn't play him in it anyways. Um, I probably wouldn't play him in any preseason games, just considering, you know, you don't want to, like, re-aggravate or whatever, Uh, but seems like on a really, really good track to be done comfortably by week one. Also, the Vikings made a couple more cuts, so on sunday they made a couple of cuts they cut turner bernard kind of deciding the long snapper battle and they cut jordan brailford who had a pretty bad day and was pretty buried on the depth chart um at at edge rusher um they made a couple more here they moved or they waived injured both Blake Prohl and Riley Patterson. Uh, So both of those guys, obviously Blake Prohl is probably going to go to IR and he's not going to get waiver claimed. And I don't think Riley Patterson will either. So both of those guys could go to IR. They have to clear waivers first, but I kind of doubt that's going to be an issue. Um, So that leaves the Vikings at, by my count, 86 players. And by, I think four o'clock central today, by sometime this afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, the 17th, they have to be at 85. So one more guy at least has to get cut. Um, they are currently carrying five quarterbacks. They've got, you know, the I tweeted about it. Everybody wants it to be Dakota Dozier. I don't know if it's going to be Dakota Dozier. Like, I would definitely support that because it would give Wyatt Davis second team reps kind of by default. And I think that'd be really good for him. And I don't think Dakota Dozier is going to make the team. Um, but I mean, if they wanted to, like, cut, you know, Danny Etling or whatever, so they don't have five quarterbacks, that's probably fine, too. Or somebody else that feels redundant, you know, one of the corners or something like that. But they got to get down to 85. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it tomorrow but in other injury news from Monday's practice Tyler Conklin left early um it- don't really know what the deal is there, um, but other non-participants are Anthony Barr, Chad Beebe still not participating, uh, which I don't know if that means that his absence from Saturday's game wasn't actually merit-based, but maybe he was hurt or something. Uh, Christian Derrissaw still not going, Kane Wangwu still not going, Nate Stanley still not going, Miles Dorn, DeeDee Westbrook still, James Lynch, Troy Die and Cam Smith. Pretty long list of of banged-up guys, uh, especially guys like James Lynch and Cam Smith that are like really, really, really need to kill it to, to get on that roster, really suck for them to stay out Uh, but that's going to do it for the actual news so let's move on to the mailbag of course if you want to submit questions we do this every single tuesday so come on down you can submit them to me anytime at locked on vikings on twitter at lukebron nfl on twitter you can send an email to locked on vikings podcast at gmail.com there's also a google form in the show notes if you'd rather do that the first one comes from jv swaps who asks, you were disappointed by Kellen Mon's debut. So realistically, what would you like to see from him in the next few preseason games? What would be a good preseason for him? So yeah, I was disappointed by Kellen Mon's debut, not because of the mechanical problems he had. His throwing mechanics were all off and kind of messed up and his footwork wasn't there and the timing was off. I expected all of that. That's, you know, first Game. This is the way he was at AM, and it all got worse because he's thinking more, and that's all kind of part of the development arc. Sure, all that stuff can be kind of ironed out over the two years he's going to have to develop, or however long it is. Um, what I want to see is a more diverse playbook. I just want to see him operate more plays. I want to see him operate the offense like Jake Browning operates the offense and be a guy that can, you know, come in and ability be damned. Just get the guys to the line and call and have them all know the play call. And that was not something that happened on. Uh, on Saturday against Denver, there were confusions. Uh, there was a screenplay where only one guy actually did the screen blocking, right? Just the center and everybody else had the wrong idea. There were receivers running the wrong route. There was all sorts of, uh, like problematic stuff in terms of just getting the team from the huddle to the line of scrimmage, not to mention the problems they had in the two-minute drill, get that operational stuff down. I I think that's something that I would be a little more pleased with, and also it would mean that the kind of super limited playbook that we saw Kellen Mond running wasn't because Kellen Mond could only run those plays. He actually could have run more plays, but maybe the Vikings were just trying to focus on evaluating the O-line running game and stuff like that, and they just decided to use the first preseason game for a weird reason or something. And We could evaluate that decision, but it would be cool to see that it wasn't actually a referendum on Kellen Mond's grasp of the playbook. I'm just really worried that it is. That's my biggest concern. Jimothy says, I realize Mond likely had a limited understanding of the playbook, but does, but that does not justify how conservative the play calling was, especially during the two minute drill. Zimmer wasn't shy about his frustration, but they gave him no chance to succeed. Why? I think he answered your own question, right? Uh, the, the play calling was, if, if he had a limited understanding of the playbook, if he only knew the conservative plays, you can't call plays he doesn't know. If he doesn't know where the timing is supposed to be, if he doesn't know where the ball is supposed to be, and he's just, like, confused and watching, I mean, it's, it's not like Madden where you can just, like, wing that. You gotta know what the play is, and if he doesn't know the play, he doesn't know the play, um, but also... I think it's, in a preseason game, I think conservative play calling is fine if you're just trying to drill those. You're practicing the plays you want to practice, and those ones require more precise timing, and therefore you probably got to run them a little more, whereas the deeper ones are a little bit more of a feel-it-out thing. You know, if it's a go-ball, you're just kind of trying to get a a feeling for how that guy runs, and I don't think that requires quite as much rehearsal. Um, It requires a lot of chemistry and a lot of practice together and stuff, but I don't think it's as orchestrated as some of these timing-based things. I have a whole bunch more questions that I want to get to, but first I want to talk to you about grambling. You can gramble at betonline.ag. The Vikings currently standing at two and a half point favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. So if you are super dooming, you can bet on the Colts, plus two and a half, you get two and a half points on that, maybe uh, hedge emotionally a little bit, and if the Vikings get blown out again and it's this total disaster, at least you made some money. The over-under for that one's also 37 and a half, which is a really low over-under, but it's also a preseason game, so those are kind of those are all going to be way lower. Uh, if you want to bet on that, or any other game, or any other sport, or award shows, or reality TV, or anything, you can go to betonline.ag. They're your one-stop stop shop for all things gambling, golf, boxing, martial arts, and all sorts of crazy stuff. If you have not made an account at bet online yet, that's no worries. You can make one for free and it takes like two seconds to do that. And then you make your first deposit. You can enter promo code locked on L O C L O C K E D O N all one word. You get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if your first deposit is say 300 bucks, bet online will slap 150 bucks in free play money. On top of that, that is so much free grambling money just for entering Promo code locked on at BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody. It's Twitter Tuesday here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Moving on with the mailbag. The next one comes from Waka Waka, who asks, Do you think resting the ones was the right decision? The Vikings, especially Kirk, have been sloppy the first couple of games over the years. It seems they struggled just going through the motions. Maybe a series or two more in the last game would help. Um, I agree 100%. I think you asked and answered that question, buddy. That They... I don't think it was the right decision specifically because of the operational issues the Vikings had in 2020 um, and they weren't working like this is a group that had mostly worked together. Garrett Bradbury was in his second year. Riley Reef had been in with the team forever. Brian O'Neill had been with the team since 2018 and yet they had so much trouble getting to the line of scrimmage. You might remember that uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game where they were down three scores in the fourth quarter or two scores in the fourth quarter or whatever it was and taking, you know, 35 seconds off the clock between each Uh, each play and they weren't just sitting there at the line running clock they were just taking that long to get to the line the huddles were really really slow Um, and I think drilling that operational stuff would be a really good reason to get those guys in the game Um, so yeah I, I definitely have my issues with with them sitting the ones there I think certain units need some chemistry and I definitely think they need to get better at the huddle which is really stupid that should be like the most automatic thing ever Stizo asks is the number of draft picks in the range of rounds three to four partially responsible for special teams was we have lots of players that needed to be rostered based on draft position and potential going forward but not ready to play on offense or defense and without core special teams experience if we had fewer draft picks in that range then we would be going after more vetmin, vet-min type guys that may be excellent on special teams um so I, I don't I think this is thinking a little bit too hard about it and stezo and I kind of went back and forth on, on discord about this um but I think the the, the special teams was had a lot more to do with the way that teams practice. And this is a a league-wide phenomenon, um, although the Vikings seem to have handled it worse. But they did not need to roster Dancha Senate last year based on draft success. And I think Dan Danchicena was like personally really <laughs> responsible for a lot of the really bad stuff that happened. Um I don't think they necessarily needed to roster Chris Boyd, right? Seventh round draft picks don't make the team all the time. And it's not like Chris Boyd was some crazy potential guy like Ade Aruna or somebody, you know, or like Jenarius Robinson is this year. That's got so much athletic potential you're just gonna have to go. I-, I think rather, um, they just couldn't coach it well enough because you can't tackle in practice and you can't find out who can tackle until the game comes around. And Lo and behold, the game came around. You know, we saw Luther Kirk abandon Lane uh, in the the game against the Broncos for this huge kick return. I think that happened in the second half, um, and that's going to hurt his chances to make the team quite a bit. And without a preseason, you don't get to find those mistakes until meaning football is being played, because the preseason is the only time you get to tackle on special teams and the only time you get to find out who knows how to break down, who knows how to who's just flying in. You know, everybody kind of lets up at the end of the play, so you can't really tell Um, And I think the lack of the preseason last year really hurt them. But I also just think I think we could just kind of blame coaching on like Marwan Malouf and stuff. And Mike Prefer down the stretch too. kind of had some struggles there. King Squeaks asks, what position group are you most concerned about? And why is it the cornerbacks? Also, your thoughts on the kickers, if any. Um, So most concerned about about its quarterback. I've said a lot about that. I'm not that concerned about the corners at all. Um, I think Breland had a pretty good camp. I, I feel like you can use Patrick Peterson in a way that doesn't require him to uh, you know, be this one-on-one guy keeping up with everybody's burner. You're not going to shadow him anymore. I don't think the Vikings should, um, and I don't think the Vikings will just because I have faith in them being smarter than that. And the Cardinals were really dumb about that. I think Mackenzie Alexander's pretty good. Um, and you know, Cameron Dantzler had like one play where he was in a one-on-one situation where he shouldn't have been in that one-on-one situation. The safeties made the wrong call. Um, I, that's not like a grand, uh, existential crisis or anything. As for the kickers, I don't know. Greg Joseph made his two kicks in the preseason and got the job. So I guess that's all we needed. I, I don't know if Greg Joseph will be the guy in the actual beginning of the season. We'll see who gets cut from other teams and stuff like that. X asks, a reliable source has told me that the Vikings have inquired about James Washington. Your thoughts on a potential fit? So I went and looked at this rumor. I couldn't find any reliable sources, so uh, X must be an insider, so thank you for your insight. Uh, Can't wait to get James Washington. (laughs) Look, I I think uh, he's, what, like a deep burner guy? Yeah, that'd be great. I, I think both Jefferson and Thielen are like deep threats, so it's not like they need a deep threat, but it's not like redundancy of deep threats is a bad thing. So yeah, bring him in bird fry asks is greg joseph's lack of a sense of humor a negative or positive attribute for an nfl kicker so it has to be positive right so okay so what bird fry is getting at was a story that Arif uh, arifasan told at a live norse code taping that i was a part of uh in egan at, at union 32 craft house we did it after uh, the last joint practice and so there was this is a long story so Greg Joseph missed a kick earlier in camp, wide to the left. And Chris Thomason, uh, fleet of finger as he always is, accidentally tweeted, wife Greg Joseph wife left from the 35. Um, easy typo, right? And so everybody started joking about Greg Joseph's wife leaving him in the middle of practice. How brutal. And he has to find out on Twitter. Oh, that's awful. So Chad Graff of The Athletic is showing Greg Joseph uh, that tweet and the whole deal. And he's like dying laughing. And Greg Joseph was just... Super stoic, like just, oh, well, yep that that's a tweet about me. I'm in that one. Interesting. And just totally stoic. And like, honestly being able to just like be stoic in that hilarious of a situation means you have to have some ability to control your emotions and an ability to control your emotions. Seems great for a kicker. Clank asks, can contract incentives to get the vaccine exist in the current deal with the NFLPA or would they get shot down immediately if a team tried to put that in a contract? So I asked uh, Brad Spielberger who does cap work for over the cap and PFF about this. And and he knows contracts and stuff. And he basically said that probably you wouldn't get away with that if you just said, hey, one million dollars to your contract if you get the vaccine. Um, NFLPA probably wouldn't go for that. I don't think there's really a way to put that in a contract. I I don't think that would fly. But you can kind of functionally do that. You can do things like per game roster bonuses where, hey, you get one hundred thousand dollars. Uh, every, you know, you get a $2 million roster bonus and it's divided into 17 parts and you get one part of it for every game that you start in um, or every game that you, you know, are active for. And if you're inactive for games because you get COVID because you weren't vaccinated, that's your money and you lose it. And that's sort of a backdoor way to put in the contract, like in spirit, the thing you're kind of driving at. Got a bunch more questions that I want to get to, but first let's talk about your car. Your car is very important. And if you don't take care of things When they come up, they only get worse down the line. So if you're getting a funny noise or something, take it in. Get it looked at. And if you're a do-it-yourself kind of person, you need some car parts, go to rockauto.com for those. You can get your car parts from like a brick-and-mortar auto shop, whatever, but you'd have to research what brands work with your car. They're gonna upsell you because they're a retail joint. Don't mess with any of that. Go to rockauto.com. They've been doing this online for like 15 years. They're a family company. They're taking care of you and they're not selling you cheaper versions of parts. They're selling you the same parts from the same factories and the same everything. They're just selling it to you for cheaper because you're cutting out the middleman of that retail brick and mortar auto parts store. Just enter your make your year and your model and Rock Auto will sort through their expansive catalog of every car part that they have and they'll make sure they're suggesting things that are compatible with your car. You pick your option, you go check out. At checkout, there's a how you heard about us section and in that, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. If you don't, the bunnies will work their way up to the lighter treasons. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I also want to talk to you about daily fantasy. I do not like daily fantasy. I always just feel so fruit. I feel like I'm buying a lottery ticket or I'm entering a, a, a fruitless sweepstakes when I go in and I see a million people all have their lineups. Uh, how am I supposed to get the best lineup of all of that? But DFS on Stat Hero is fixing all of this. It's the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control and it puts winning within reach. You name your stakes winner take All. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house, head to head, one on one. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the, ma- the way it was meant to be one on one player versus the house. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. That means they are giving you a 300% match that is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Moving on with the rest of this mailbag. Next one comes from MJ Burke, who asks, can we assume anyone who sat preseason week one is safely on the roster? Um, I definitely would not assume that. Most of the people who sat, you probably already knew that about, right? Like the Anthony Bars and Daniel Hunters of the world. But uh, there are a few players that were kind of interesting. Chad Beebe sat, so, seems like he was hurt. Um, Nick Vigil sat. He's just currently in the lead for a job. You know, what like the way I like to think about this is what happens Let's take Oli Udo, who's been killing it and looks like he's pretty much won the right guard job. But what happens if Oli Udo is horrible, just absolutely terrible in the next two preseason games? What do we do? Like what happens there? Do we still give him the job? Do we start thinking about Wyatt Davis? Does Dakota Dozier come back in the mix? Make- like what happens there? And if the answer isn't oh, he just gets the job. end. you know, if Kirk Cousins is terrible in the second preseason game, he's not giving up his job. So in that way, you know, that guy is is, you know, you can put that guy on the roster. But I think there are a few players like Nick Vigil, uh, you know, like uh, Chad Beebe, who you can't really say that about. So I don't say necessarily, but the large majority of the people who sat preseason week one are like anointed starters. Um, that we don't really think about this with Kyle Slaby asks, you said Wyatt Davis had a lot of ups and downs. I know offensive linemen are generally praised most when they play consistently, even if they lack elite plays Were the valleys in Wyatt's play correctable. And if not, are they bad enough for him to be unstartable? Um, I, unstartable, I don't know, it's hard to say because he was going up against threes, right? So I think the idea of like trying to decide whether or not you should start him on this is probably not the best uh, referendum. But if you want to look at like the problems that he had, um, he gave up his chest a lot. And he did not have very good hand fighting ability. Um, and if I remember, oh gosh, I think that was something I didn't like about his tape that he didn't really hand fight and he kind of gave up his chest and he kind of let his pads get up on him, let his posture get too high on him. And then he would kind of give up leverage that way. And he'd have to go, you know, anchor and he could anchor, but he would have given up a lot of space. And that's just not great. That's kind of what happened. In uh, the preseason game. Now, when it came to run blocking, he was moving people forever. So you're already kind of getting to this point where, well, maybe, you know, this facet is worth that facet, the kind of the Garrett Bradbury math you start to do. Um, And so there's something there. But I I definitely think all that stuff is correctable. It's all just a matter of reps and getting practice and kind of getting the the right muscle memory and all that stuff. And that might take a little while, but that's the deal with rookies guys come out of college with problems. You got to go fix them. Um, and in the meantime, Oli Udo has been playing great. So there's not a lot of pressure for this. So I don't think Wyatt Davis will start unless we go back to that aforementioned scenario where Oli Udo just like tanks a couple games, uh, Vikes, but it's S-K-O-A-L like the, like the tobacco says, will Mond beat out Browning for QB two? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Mond would have to, uh, make a, take a huge leap forward in how well he knows the playbook, Um, all that stuff Zimmer's saying about how he has to play faster and all that stuff—that doesn't get fixed overnight, and it doesn't have to. That's never been the the plan for for Kellen Mond, or if it was, then that was pretty naive. Patrick Wisdom fan account says, "How many RBs will make the team?" I'm gonna not count fullbacks in this. Obviously, you know you CJ Ham counter count count them or don't. Uh, so Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and then then I think Wang, Wangwu Abdullah. I think four. I think both of those guys make the team. Um, I I don't think AJ Rose makes it. I think he lands on the practice squad if somebody else doesn't claim him through waivers, which could totally happen since he was kind of a story of the game. Um, but I I think those are your four. Mike Zimmer's belly bulge asks. I realize the Vikings are going to cut roughly two thirds of the players we saw on Saturday. But how likely do you think it is they pick up a significant number of players from waivers, free agency, or trades? And if so, where do you think their focus would be? Um, I, I could see them bringing in some guys from waivers. I could see them bringing in uh specialists of any uh any ilk. Like they could bring in a puncher, They could bring in a kicker if they're not happy with those guys. I would love to see them bring in a quarterback. I do not think they will. Um, of course, you know, they've probably got their eyes on a number of people. You know, the Vikings have a pro scouting department that probably has a grade on every player out there um, that, you know, is is possibly going to come. So when a guy gets cut, they can go through that list and see if they're high on anybody. Um, typically, if you're getting cut, other teams probably aren't that high on you either. Uh, so that's why it doesn't happen like all that often, but Hey, there's always a a good handful of waiver claims that come and swap, swap around swap teams, um, when cut down day comes and that's part of the fun. So sure. Yeah. They could bring in a handful of guys. Elitist pool guy says, has Alexander been practicing outside at all? Who is outside CB four? Um, no, he is not. Alexander hasn't at all. So if CBs one, two, and three are Peterson, Breland and Dantzler, Um, then the fourth guy is probably a competition between Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd. And I think that's close. Uh, like really close. Actually, I think Harrison Hand had a better ish camp than Chris Boyd did. I think Chris Boyd kind of got beat a lot in camp, but Chris Boyd just had a great preseason game and Harrison Hand had a meh one. So I think he maybe made up that ground. So I think it's a close battle. It's one of those two guys, though, probably unless something really crazy happens, which brings me to the next question. JC Goosen asks, Who do you have as the biggest shocker making the 53 when all is said and done? If you say Dozier, I will have a mental breakdown. Um, I I seriously don't think Dozier makes the team. I just can't see anything in the way that he has played so far to justify that. Um, if, If he makes the team, we riot, I think. Uh... I think a shocker would be Drew Samia. I think most people have written him off, but he had a decent preseason game. I think there's a chance there. Probably Blake Brandle, though, who I don't know if we're going to be that surprised anymore, but that's a huge shocker if you went back in time and told somebody about that, say, three weeks ago. Um, K.J. Osborne, I think, kind of falls in that category, too. We all expect it now, but that kind of was a shocker, um, and it's kind of already become obvious that it's going to happen. But for more... uh, Current shockers, one we don't expect now, maybe James Lynch. I don't think he would be on my 53 right now if I did one, um but I, I or Blake Lynch, too. I don't think either of those guys would be on my 53, but I think they have a decent ish chance. Maybe Ryan Connolly, who I think is making a huge push. You know, the, all those linebackers at the bottom are really difficult to predict, but maybe one of those guys. Observed Idiocy says regarding a team having to forfeit a game due to COVID if it is unable to play, what determines that a club is, quote, unable to play? Like what criteria and who makes that determination? Um, So I I don't know who makes that determination, probably some league official, um, but I think I don't think we're going to get to this point. Ever. If we didn't get there last year, I definitely don't think we get there this year, considering that even the least vaccinated team Vikings uh, is is like over 70% vaccinated, I think, at this point. So it's really difficult to have the kind of outbreak that would cause you to have uh, like not enough players to field a team. And that's what it would require. So two, two things. Either oh my goodness, we only have 10 healthy players. We totally can't field a team, right? Like something really extreme like that. I don't think that's possible anymore. Um, Even with breakthrough infections and stuff, it just doesn't spread the way that it does among unvaccinated people. Um, And then there is the, you are a danger to the team across from you. So this is the big controversy last year. You had, um, you know, Kendall Hinton starting a game for the Broncos, but then you look and it happens to the Titans and oh, well, they'll reschedule that one, but not the, well, that's because, If quarterbacks played in the Broncos game or like because that, you know, you can sit a number of players and be confident that the outbreak was contained with the Denver one and same with the Vikings one that they had this camp if they had to have a game that day that outbreak was contained to the quarterback room. So they would have played that game, but the Titans outbreak or the Ravens one, those were not contained. Those could have anybody could have had covid. They all could have given the Vikings covid when the Titans played the Vikings. You remember all that stuff. So if you are a danger to the team across from you and they can't reschedule, which also they were pretty good at doing if they had to, um then you would have to forfeit a game. I just don't think we get to that point. Tomorrow we'll talk about whoever ends up getting cut, whatever other news we've got, and I'm gonna go into a little bit more depth about the preseason game. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They'll get you help you get your Gramble straight. That is wherever you find your favorite podcasts every single day. You can find me on Twitter at Braun NFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow, and as always, Skull.